We are North Rock Church, where we exist to see lives redefined by being filled with life in Christ. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. One of the traditions that we have in our Christmas Eve service is uh, our family, uh, my family, will we'll, we'll sing some carols here in just a moment. And so every year we're trying to figure out which Christmas carols we're going to sing. And, and there are only so many to pick from. I don't know if you realize that. There's only so many. Uh, they don't make new traditional Christmas carols. And so um, we are, we're always re- repeating. And one of the ones that we've sang many times, and we will again, is a beautiful song that was originally written in Latin called, O Come, All Ye Faithful. But I got to thinking about the lyrics of that song this past week. And the first line is just something jumped out at me. It says, oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. And it goes on to say, come and behold him, born the king of angels. But I, I think it. So we're calling for the faithful to come see Jesus, the joyful and the triumphant. And and it hit me that the Bible kind of paints a different picture of who actually God calls. I mean, he called Jacob, who was a pretender. Moses was a murderer. Gideon was unqualified. David was just a teenage kid, an unexpected king. Zacchaeus was a thief. Simon Peter had disqualified himself. Paul had been a persecutor of Christians, all of them called by God. And then there's Mary. Talk about unexpected. A teenage girl from the wrong side of the tracks. She would have been considered the underdog and certainly unqualified to be the mother of the Messiah. And yet... She's the one God called. When when Mary received her calling, she certainly was not joyful and triumphant. She was confused and disturbed, according to Luke 1 and 29. I mean, this she was confused because this calling caught everyone off guard because she had been taught since she was just a little girl that the prophet Micah had foretold that the Messiah was going to be born in Bethlehem. She's like, I am in Nazareth. I'm not in Bethlehem. And by the way, Nazareth was not a place where the who's who came from. In fact, it was said of Nazareth in in the Gospel of John that, that, that can anything good come from Nazareth? Nathaniel asked the question. Nazareth was that, it was just a little fishing village. It was a melting pot of Jews and Gentiles. It was a blue collar town. It was uneducated. It was certainly an unexpected calling. Can anything good come from this place where I'm living? Mary's confused. I got to think about that question this week and I couldn't help but believe that there are some people at every one of our locations today who have been living in a certain place in your life, in a certain season of your life. 
And you've asked yourself the question, can anything good come out of this? Can anything good come out of 2023? But let me declare to someone in the room today that God has a way of showing up in the middle of the worst situations, the worst places, and bringing miracles. He can take the mess that you've been living in and turn it into a miracle. He can take your pain and take you into your purpose. He can take tragedy from the season that you have been living it in, living in and take it into triumph. That's what God can do. Mary was the unexpected mother of the Messiah, the, the undeserving mother. And yet God showed us from the very beginning, I love this, that you don't have to have a certain pedigree for God to be born in you. You don't have to have a certain degree for the Messiah to bring a miracle out of you. You don't have to have a certain portfolio for God to use you for amazing, amazing things. And if you're like me and you're like Mary, the first line of that song, Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful, and triumphant, it's a little bit intimidating. It's almost disconcerting. Because I don't know about you, but I don't always feel faithful. Sometimes I feel fearful instead of faithful. Sometimes I'm just downright doubtful. And I have to be faithful to come see the Messiah? Joyful? I have to be joyful? Have you, have you tried to do some last-minute Christmas shopping this week? I mean, come on, somebody. There's no joy in that. No, no, no. Traffic and parking and lines. The lines. Oh, the lines. You've got two people working the registers. Now you got one. What, what are we doing? It's the week of Christmas. Oh, well, let's do it the new way. Let's order online. Amazon.com and, and various and sundry things. I had three gifts delivered to the wrong address this year. Guys, that was, didn't make for joyous activity in my head, in my heart. It did, it did not. Joyce, we try to get a, a Christmas picture taken this year of our family. You ever tried to do that? And uh, it's not because my kids are little and not cooperating. It's, it's other things happened. Let me just say this. It's not going to be a Christmas picture. It's going to be a New Year's picture, right? I have to be joyful to come to the Messiah. Triumphant. Triumphant. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm triumphant one week, but the next week, not so much. Who are the people even wearing those uniforms? That's what I said last week. I'm hoping today is a triumphant one, but who knows? I have to be triumphant to come to Jesus. So who does... The scriptures say that God really calls. Jesus said in Matthew 11, verse 28, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Come to me. He calls the weary and the burdened. And he gives us rest. He deposits faith in us. He makes us faith. Full. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus was hanging out with a group of people that the religious people thought he should not be hanging out with. And so the Pharisees came to his disciples and said, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? The New Living Translation called them scum. 
Why is he hanging out with scum? Jesus heard this. And he said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, it's the sick. And watch who he calls, for I have not come to call the righteous, or those who believe they are. I've come to call sinners. He calls the weary. He calls the burdened. He calls sinners. This is where you and I, we all come in. Because Paul said, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I know it's Christmas Eve. Pastors shouldn't be doing the sin talk. Let's just do the candles and go home. You know why we do the candles? Representing light that came to darkness. He came into a dark world because of my sin and because of your sin. And he came not to be a helper. He is my helper. Not to be a teacher, although he is my teacher. He didn't come to be my life coach, although I have learned so much from Jesus. But he came, the angels told the shepherd, today in the town of David, a Savior is born. He came to be my Savior because my condition required a rescue mission to save me from my sins. And that's why the Prince of Peace came to this earth and made peace between myself and my God. I heard a story years ago, and I've repeated it many times, about a man who was driving an old Model T Ford in the 1930s, and he broke down on the side of the road. And he got out, and he raised the hood. He didn't really know what to do with this vehicle. He was trying. He was messing with wires and cables and whatnot to no avail when suddenly a long black shiny vehicle pulled up and out of the back seat stepped a well-dressed, well-put-together, suited-up, elderly gentleman who made his way to the front of the vehicle and said, what seems to be the problem? And the broken-down guy said, I don't know what the problem is. If I did, I would have solved the problem. Uh, the gentleman said, do you mind if I take a look? He said, well, sure, be my, be my guest. Are you going to do? He's thinking, this guy doesn't look like he's worked a day in his life. The born with a silver spoon in his eye. What's he going to do? In just a moment, he asked the guy to get in the car and turn it over and see if it would crank. So sure enough, the guy was like, okay, whatever. And he got in and turned the ignition, and sure enough, the car cranked up. He's like, whoa. Thought just for a moment, okay, I got to get out and thank this guy. As he was stepping out, the elderly gentleman was already getting in the back seat of the car that he had. He had come in and was about to drive off. And he said, sir, sir, let me just, I just wanted to stop you and thank you for helping me. I don't have any idea how you knew, you know, what to do. Could you at least tell me your name? And the man said, well, I, I knew what to do because my name is Henry Ford. And I built this car. I created it. I know how to fix it. And furthermore, I don't like seeing it broken down. On the side of the road. Emmanuel. God with us. Not just so that we can sing pretty songs and light up trees. But he was born to die. 
He came on a rescue mission because he didn't want to see you and I broke down on the side of the road. He didn't want you to think that weariness is the end of your story. He didn't want you to think that carrying a burden is how it's always going to be. He wanted to call sinners to him so that he could set us free from our sin. This is why he came. And this is why he has stopped by today. And when you encounter Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come The old is gone and the new is here. He calls us just as we are. But he does not leave us the way that we are. He calls us in our sin. He calls us in our sickness, in our loneliness, in our anger, in our bitterness, in our weariness. That's who he calls. That's not how he leaves us. So if we were to really rewrite the song the way it should be written, Oh, come, all ye sinners, weary and burdened. Come see Jesus. You're the reason that he came. You're the one that he's calling today. How will you respond? Now, Mary responded by saying, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And a miracle was born in her. How are you going to respond to the call? Now, I know that some people are here today. You're not even sure why you're here. You were promised a lunch. You didn't realize this was part of the deal. Some of you just accidentally were in the wrong lane and wound up in the parking lot and decided to come on in. Others, you're thinking about what you're going to eat after church and you're thinking about the last few things that you've got to get together. There are others that are wondering, where are the candles? I, was, I heard about candles. But there are some in the building who are, who are feeling like God can't save you. Like you're too far gone. You're feeling like your best days are behind you. That's not true. He came on a rescue mission. He calls you as you are. He stops for the broken down. And he's stopping by today. And we're going to pray a prayer. We're going to pray a prayer in this Christmas Eve service. And give you an opportunity to allow God to move in your heart. To fix what is broken. Did you close your eyes all over the building? If you're in the room at any of our locations, you're watching online. And you know that you're just kind of in a season where you're wondering how can anything good come out of this. Maybe you feel broken down on the side of the road. If you're in the room today and you are not in a relationship with Jesus, maybe you've never made him the Lord of your life. You've never tapped into his saving grace. This moment is for you. Maybe you're in the room and you know today that you need to re-surrender, rededicate your life to him. Either way, this moment is for you. I want to see who I'm praying for. So at every location, with heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around, I want to see who I'm praying for, though. If you'd say, Jonathan, hey, a fresh start, a new beginning on this Christmas Eve sounds really, really good to me. I want to fully surrender everything to Jesus. Will you throw a hand in the air? Just hold it high. Come on, at every location, hold them high. Come on, Boverde in Midtown. If you're 
watching online, you can throw a hand emoji up in the chat box. Come on, hands all over the building, all over the building. Thank you, guys. Sleep them up for just a moment. That's incredible, the response. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you can, you can put your hands down now. I'm going to pray a simple prayer of surrender. I invite everybody to pray this prayer along with me. You can use your words or you can use mine. Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. Thank you for stopping by today, Jesus. I need you to fix me. I need you to save me. God, forgive me for my sins, my mistakes. I repent today. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe that you gave your life for me and you rose from the grave. Today, I'm making a fresh start. I'm making you the Lord of my life. Take it all. Take everything. In Jesus' name that I pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Come on, a big hand for all of those that took that step of faith, guys. That's incredible. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes.